What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anti-Semitism. Voter replacement. Invasion rhetoric. These are all iterations of a lesser known racist conspiracy that has viciously found its way to the mainstream in recent years. Amplified by some of the most popular figures in conservative media, the great replacement theory has been utilized in part or whole by many right-wing pundits to bolster opposition to immigration policies and an attempt to influence politics and culture, all in the name of white supremacy. Front page news after the horrific mass murder at a grocery store in one of Buffalo, New York's predominantly black neighborhoods, the great replacement theory is now being referenced as the sole inspiration of the white 18-year-old who viciously took the lives of 10 black people. To discuss what this means for black folks, I have today's guest, former president and CEO of the NAACP and current president for People for the American Way, Ben Jealous. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. Ben Jealous, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Obviously, you are a, a very celebrated individual, and it's an honor to be able to have this conversation with you. So again, welcome to the show. Um, you've discussed it at length, and you're obviously very knowledgeable about it. So let's discuss what replacement theory is. Can you provide a general overview for our audience? You know, to take it back, this is what... Frederick Douglass was fighting in the 19th century. Frederick Douglass in his speech on composite nationality, perhaps his greatest speech after the end of slavery, said that our nation ultimately has a destiny to be the greatest example of the unity and dignity of the human family that the world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And he said that based on the reasoning that between our world-connected oceans that border us east and west, 
in great nations defined by different races, North and South, that we were meant to be basically the nexus of the world. Okay. He was fighting against a group of people who had first fought to maintain slavery and then came back right after the 14th Amendment was passed, which is supposed to heal the nation, both from slavery and the Civil War, equal protection clause, and a native birth provision, saying if you were born here, you were a citizen. You were born slave, whether you were, you know, say your parents have been traitors and taken up arms against the government, either way, you were a citizen. Mm. It also meant, of course, that your parents were immigrants, you were born here, you were a citizen. And the next bill that was passed by the U.S. Senate was the Chinese Exclusion Act. And the argument at the time was that there'd be no place for the white man to own a home in the state of California if we did not expel all the Chinese. In fact, the treaty that was signed to go along with that told the emperor that he owned Chinese Americans' bones, that we would ship their bones back to China. That's how gruesome it was. That's how thorough it was. It would define Angel Island off of San Francisco as the great exit from this country, the way that Ellis Island from Europe is the great entrance to this country. Mm. Civil rights community never forgot that. Our second order of business after the passage of the Civil Rights Act wasn't the Voting Rights Act or the housing bill. No, it was ending the Europe-only preference for migration to this country. Because we believe, as Frederick Douglass believed, that this is a great, certainly mosaic, if not melting pot, that this is a place where the whole world comes for freedom and that the whole world profits and we profit by unleashing people's creativity and their freedom here in a way that's really not possible in most other places. So the sort of update from Hitler and his ilk in the 1930s was that in European nations and in the United States, of course, uh, did not start out as a European place, uh, far from it. Um, Started off as a place of Native Americans, Um, but, and and in Australia and in Canada, it became this idea pushed by people like Adolf Hitler that it was the Jews that were in control. And so you fast forward to Charlottesville in 2017 and these young white men, are marching with torches across the campus. They've come in from everywhere for this unify the right um, type of rally. Mm -hmm. And what are they chanting? The Jews shall not replace us. The Jews shall not replace us. The Jews shall not replace us. And what does that mean? I mean, Jews are like 2% of the country. Now, it's not that they they think that the Jews are going to replace it as far as population numbers, say like whites feared about Chinese in the 19th century, some whites in California, for instance. No. It's that they subscribe to Adolf Hitler's theory that the Jews are the puppet masters and that they're somehow inspiring people of color to come to the United States and get this, inspiring black people to have babies in order to replace white people and steal this country from white people. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's laughable. Yeah. And yet Tucker Carlson believes it so thoroughly that he's mentioned it about 400 times in the last two years, according to the New York Times. And why should that alarm us? Well, Rupert Murdoch, better than anybody knows how much Tucker Carlson's show loses his network. As far as that hour, what it costs, and how few people will advertise on that racist show. And yet, he talks to Tucker, they say, more than any talent at the network. It's called a lost leader. 
they see Tucker Carlson's show and his pushing of the great replacement theory as the top of the funnel to get more people onto Fox. Really? And, and that's what's worrisome. You know, and that's why the blood of the massacre in Buffalo is ultimately on the hands of Mr. Murdoch, is ultimately on the hands of Tucker Carlson. They are the ones who push this theory relentlessly. And it was a factor in the massacre at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. It was a factor in the massacre of Latinos in El Paso, Texas. It was a factor in the massacre of Muslims in New Zealand, where Mr. Murdoch's network is also very active. And now it's a factor in the massacre of Blacks at Topps Grocery Store in Buffalo. You know, I was going to ask, um, you know, there's people that feel like, you know, as you mentioned, Tucker Carlson and some other Republican leaders, you know, that promote this great replacement theory, um, maybe not by name, but, you know, certainly some pillars of that theory. I was going to ask if you thought there was some truth to uh, the idea that they're, they're doing that intentionally, but it sounds like you, you, you feel like there, there is some truth to that. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. the, um, if you yell fire in a theater as a prank, we will hold you criminally responsible Mm-hmm. for the injuries that causes. And yeah, that's, that's not protected speech. And Fox and Tucker Carlson have chosen to yell fire, fire, fire again in the apparently 400 times in about two years mm-hmm. in the theater that is our democracy, that is our nation, that are our communities. And people have been killed as, as a result. Sure. Um, something that they need to stop. Now, you mentioned the origins of the, the Great Replacement Theory. How has it evolved over time? No, we're pretty much stuck on stupid um, with it as much as ever since Adolf Hitler. I think the, 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 you know, the last improvement to the theory was this ridiculous notion that the Jews were inspiring black people to have babies and, and you know, uh, immigrants of color, color to come to the United States. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it's just sad. You know, the, uh, we as a nation, so much work to do just to make sure that, you know, white men and black men who have been downwardly mobile across this country for so long can find good jobs again. You know, just to make sure that all of our daughters and all of our sons can uh, get an education that, that lines up with economic opportunity and not be saddled in debt. Like There's so many important things to be upset about. What we don't need is very smart, well-educated men pushing dangerous, if kooky, theories to drive up their ratings and drive up their personal profits. Sure. Now, to that end, we saw the massacre in Uvalde, Texas, and I don't, I don't love going on record saying this, but personally, I feel like there was kind of a sigh of relief for some of those on the right, because it happened just after the shooting in Buffalo. And that shooting forced everyone to really consider the state of race relations and how dangerous it is to be a Black person, not just at the hands of police or in society in general, but really as the target of a white supremacist attack and you know the subsequent massacre in uvalde 
um, didn't have the same racial connotations to it. it. And then they could shift the narrative away from mass shooting to school shooting specifically, and then have a separate conversation, which in my opinion, might be a bit more comfortable for them to have because for, for whatever reason, I, I have no idea because there's children involved, but it just seems that way. It seems they'd rather deal with that reality than the one that is, has been here the whole time. Now, I say this because we're talking about the great replacement theory. And of course, that you know um, became popularized after the shooting in Buffalo. So we have a chance to kind of revisit that shooting um, where it has kind of died down in the headlines relative to what happened in Uvalde. Let's discuss the connection between this great replacement theory and, of course, the shootings in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, you know, it's um, you look for the manifesto of the shooter in New York. He's mm -hmm. clearly motivated by this theory. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, that's um, and he even goes on there to talk about the need to kill children mm -hmm. because they are replacers. Because they are replacers. The. The dangerous thing about what Mr. Murdoch and what Mr. Carlson are doing is that they can kind of throw the rock and then hide their hand. The reality is that in this society, and so is what Uvalde shows us, we have a lot of mentally ill people who have access to very dangerous weapons, military-grade weapons. Mm -hmm. And if you go out there and stoke people's paranoia and their hatred with dangerous of kooky theories like the great replacement theory. It's like, it's tantamount, as I said, to yelling fire in the theater. We know there are unhinged people. We know they get stoked up by these things. And we know that they go out and they kill innocent people and they even hunt children. Mm. And, and it's, and it's the utter um, greed of Mr. Carlson and the greed of Mr. Murdoch that's so, outrageous me. Tucker Carlson uh, was irrelevant. John Stewart had clowned him and his, and his career cratered. He worked hard to kind of bring it back and he has found gold in racism and people are dying as a result of it. And he can't just put it on the deranged sick individual. This has happened enough times that we know that if you do what Mr. Carlson does, children will get killed because of it. He knows that now and he needs to stop. You know, there's uh, something else that I noticed, uh, and that's that, and maybe I'm just putting some stuff together that maybe doesn't belong together, but I noticed the name Tucker Carlson kind of rose to prominence in the media space um, alongside Donald Trump. So I guess my question is, um, what role do you think that Let's go back. What role do you think that the election of President Obama and then the presidency of Donald Trump has led to the far right and in their references to various iterations of the Great Replacement Theory over the last several years? Has there been a significant? Well, yeah, well, I mean, let's just actually get into the first part you're talking about, which was just okay. like the symbiotic relationship, right? Okay, yeah, let's go. And, you know, and Trump. And the reality is, you know, I just, I just finished a book. It comes out in Harper Collins in December finished writing it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called uh, "Never Forget Our People Were Always Free." And in the book, one of the things that I that I wrestle with was an a, an alliance that my grandmother's grandfather, who had been born into slavery, created with a former Confederate general 
And they, and they led a multiracial populist movement in Virginia in the early 1880s that expanded Virginia Tech. It created the HBCU, Virginia State. It expanded free, uh, excuse me, it secured the, the future of free public education for every child in Virginia of any color. And it also uh, killed the poll tax for about five years before it was reinstated. What they were fighting against was a plantation class frankly, defined in many ways by second-rate white businessmen who were um, threatened by how much of their business had been taken by Black folks in such a short period of time. Well, you know what? You had a couple hundred year free, you know, head start and a lot of free labor. And if somebody's taking your, you know, market share, it's because they're a better business person than you are, despite Mm. having way less resources. Mm. And you see a symbol. I was talking to a Republican friend over the weekend. But another Republican friend who's all up with Mr. Trump, and they said, Ben, it's sad, but it's it's Trump's donors that they're addicted to. It's the it's the wealth around Trump. And you have kind of a similar thing. You know, folks who have been given, like the old slave owners were, and, you know, an unfair advantage. And they realize the world's becoming increasingly flat. And so they stoke racism in order to, uh, frankly, make money. And that's why I'm here talking about Mr. Carlson's greed. You might notice I didn't call him racist. I'm saying that he's greedy and he's using racism to drive up his ratings, to keep his job, to make money. And that's what Murdoch's doing too. You know, I sat with Roger Ailes years ago when we were dealing with a different um, person stoking hate on Fox. Back then it was Glenn Beck. And I got right up in Mr. Ailes' face and I said, I said, Roger, I said, you, you know, you donated to the NAACP every year, as far as I can tell, since the early 1960s or the late 1950s. You you say that you marched with Dr. King. I just walked through the Fox News newsroom. It's actually more diverse than MSNBC. You know, like, Roger, there's some consistency here about your commitment to racial justice. So why are you employing this guy? And he looked at me and he said, Ben, I'd put anybody on the air if they could get me ratings like that. And what you realize is that Fox television has the ethics of pornographers that, and I really don't care if they believe the hate that they push when they push the great replacement theory. What I worry about is the impact on my fellow Americans. Mm -hmm. What I worry about is our children. What I worry about is black people and brown people and, and white people. I mean, you know, it's what they're doing is such great harm and with the greatest cynicism. You know, whether Mr. Murdoch or Mr. Carlton believes the hate that they push is between them and God. But we, as a country, need to recognize that we're getting played. And frankly, if they're going to keep doing this, then we should be talking about how we shut them down. Because that really is the only, when you have somebody who keeps yelling fire in a theater and people keep dying and getting harmed as a result, at some point you have to recognize that they have liability for which they have to be held to account in some way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest 
Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are here today with former president and CEO of the NAACP and current president for People for the American Way, Ben Jealous, discussing the Great Replacement Theory. Okay, let's pivot for a moment. What are your thoughts on critical race theory and how do you see the current discussions on the topic shaping the future for this country? You know, um, it's interesting. I teach at the the University of Pennsylvania Law School and Mm -hmm. critical race theory, like critical gender studies. It's an interesting body of work. Nobody's ever taught either to to a child, to a second grader, a third grader. What they teach is they teach like black history and women's history. Yeah. And so the right is opportunistically taking a phrase that was created really for academics of three words that are scary to most people. Critical is scary. Nobody likes to criticize. Race is scary. Theory scares a lot of people, too, when they put them together to do what? To do what they've always been interested to do, which is to try to make sure that Black history isn't taught. 
to try to make sure that the patriarchal narrative is maintained, that the greatness of so many women is neglected. You know, it's, it's ultimately, in order for an authoritarian movement to be successful, they have to do a few things well. One of them is that they have to control the way that young people think. And so what you're seeing is the, the ideas of people like Phyllis Schlafly really getting, getting um, traction, right? old conservative leader who literally used to say that white children were too fragile uh, to learn black history. It's ridiculous. It's an insult to every white child in the country. I mean, my dad's white. My first cousins are white. They're tough enough to learn what my mama had to endure. Like, what are we even talking about? So that's the, the really kind of sad part is that I mean, we just need to recognize that people like Governor Youngkin in Virginia with his hotline where, he, where like Stasi style, he wants you to narc on your teacher. They teach black history and complain it's critical race theory are fools. The man's an idiot and a fool. And the reality is that at the end of the day, he's part of an authoritarian movement that in this country where we covet our freedom really just wants to control how young people think. Um, now, something that more recently is in the news is the hearings related to the January 6th insurrection. Have you been keeping up with those? Of course. Okay. Any, any thoughts on what's come to light recently? I know I certainly... It's the same movement. You know, it's the same... The... Uh, when Charlottesville happened. Yeah. Trump had complimentary things to say about those young men carrying torches. When 1-6 happened, he celebrated. He celebrated when they were chanting to kill his vice president. It's all one movement. The Proud Boys were in both places. Yeah. We're talking about is manifestations of a growing authoritarian movement. Here we are having to fight, uh, you know, support the Ukrainians to fight. We probably should be even fighting more the the Russians overseas. Putin's clearly an authoritarian. Trump loves him. The Ku Klux Klan. I never thought I would see a day when the Ku Klux Klan was praising Russia. The Klan loves them, you know, and what becomes clear sort of in, the, in the reflection of Putin is that you see Donald Trump in this country. You know, our, our ancestors, the black leaders of the 1940s, had a campaign that was carried on every black newspaper in this country called the Double V Campaign. It was started by the Pittsburgh Courier, which was the great sort of newspaper of the B&O Railroad. It stretched across the Midwest, not just in Pittsburgh, and it inspired the Chicago Defender, the Baltimore Afro, the Jackson Advocate, black newspapers all around the country to all on their banner throughout World War II. They carried two Vs, victory over authoritarianism abroad, victory over authoritarianism at home, victory over Hitler, victory over Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. So it is today, victory over Putin, victory over Donald Trump. Okay. So let's talk a bit about both the June 14th and the June 16th events on your calendar. Let's let folks know what you got going on. The June 14th and June 16th. Yeah, so we are um, the 16th to the 19th down in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we will be rolling out a new report. Uh, that report is about what it finally takes to build public safety systems that work for everybody. You know, depending on what country, what corner of the country you're in, 
It could be that your police department ultimately goes back to the culture of the British Redcoats or a slave patrol or the U.S. Cavalry. The reality is that none of those are really appropriate for modern times. And so this is a vision of civilian-led public safety departments that have a armed wing, a police department, and have an unarmed group of social workers for the half of modern policing that is social work. Things we just dumped on police officers, like dealing with homeless, that um, they are not really trained for, and they really shouldn't be dealing with. Um, So we will roll that out. We will also be um, training leaders across the country, including a lot of Black clergy, uh, on how to be more effective in these elections. Black men, Black men have been have been targeted by Donald Trump and his ilk. We expect him to do it in this midterms and to do it in the next presidential for disinformation. And so we have a program called Defend the Black Vote here at People for the American Way that very much targets Black men, um, the so-called the older ones who are the lost Obama voters. These are the, the brothers who voted for Obama twice and then stopped voting. Um, and the young ones who need to be really taught to make voting just a thing that they do. It's been been very effective. We targeted over three million black men in 2020 who had never who had not voted in the last three cycles. We got 68 percent of them to vote that cycle. Um, and you know that's the bottom line. I mean, the reality is that whether it's Stacey Abrams in Georgia, Chris Jones in Arkansas, uh, we have a, a lot of great black candidates out there who um, are staring at elections that are going to be defined by voter suppression. And from the very beginning, you know, the the antidote in the moment to voter suppression is massive turnout. And it's incumbent upon all of us. It's incumbent upon all of us to turn out. Now, how how can uh, folks, you know, support these events or otherwise engage? You know, I always love that question. In our country, the um, it's always a contest in, in the day between organized money and organized people. And the people, so long as we remain a a democracy or um, something close to it, people can always win, but we gotta be, we gotta be organized. And so the number one I say to people is just join something, join a fraternity, a sorority, the NAACP, people from the American way. If you don't belong to anything, we would love to have you be a member of People4. You can go to people4.org or pfaw.org. This organization was founded by Congresswoman Barbara Jordan, a great black congresswoman of the 1970s, and Norman Lear, the man who brought us good times and all the family, uh, to basically create a merry band of allies that would fight the rise of the far right in our society. And the beautiful thing about people from the American way is everybody here shows up every day ready to be an ally to everybody else. So the number one thing any of us can do is to get organized. Please join something. If you don't belong to something or you have time in your life for it, one more organization, please do join People for the American Way. Again, that is PFAW.org? Yes, or People for. People for. Very good. Um, and I, I don't want to let you go without just kind of getting a little bit more of a plug off here. You mentioned that you have a book coming out. So let's one more time let folks know um, what's coming out, when they can expect it, you know, how folks can get on board. Sure. You know, it is uh, called never forget our people were always free. It, the title appears to be an echo from the first slave in the maternal line of our family, uh, the stories in the book. 
Uh, it is a reflection on the origin of race, the insanity of racism, and ultimately my hope that our country will eventually get to a better place. Mm -hmm. uh, people can order it on Amazon right now. I, I know there are pre-orders. If, if you just put in, uh, never forget, our people were always free. And Ben Jealous, it'll pop right up. But it comes out this December, and the, the big launch will be uh, Martin, Martin Luther King Day of 2023. Understood. And uh, last but not least, uh, how can folks keep up with you day to day? Any social media, if not websites, you know? How can yeah, absolutely. You can uh, hit me on Twitter at Ben Jealous. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I want to thank you for what you do every day, man. I cut my teeth as a reporter at a black newspaper in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. I appreciate you keeping us connected in this digital age. Well, that is high praise coming from someone as accomplished as yourself. Uh, it means a lot to me. So thank you very much for your, your kind words and, of course, your insight. Once again, our guest today is the former president and CEO of the NAACP, as well as the current president of the People for the American Way, Ben Jealous. And before I go, I'll leave you with this. The National Immigration Forum, found on immigrationforum.org, reminds us that, quote, it is tempting not to engage with a conspiracy theory so wrapped in xenophobia and extremism. But as the great replacement theory becomes more mainstream, it is imperative that we understand the history and the dangerous extremism behind this school of thought, end quote. When faced with a dark and extreme ideology like this, it can feel overwhelming and like it's impossible to make a difference. However, we have the power to educate ourselves and be catalysts for change in our own communities. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.